um, starting now today. I was trying to, I, I had an idea, but it obviously didn't work. But here we are. Here we are. Kels, I'm going to j- ask you a question. I'm not even going to be here to hear because as I was plugging everything in, my notes and my phone are over underneath that camera, the studio camera. So, I mean, let's start off on Saturday's games. What, uh, What was the biggest takeaway you had from this weekend's slate of college football games? I mean, I would have to say I'm I'm not sure who's going to be in the top five by week eight, nine, or ten. Yeah. I mean... I don't know who's legit and who's not. It's tough to see who's legit, who's not. And this past weekend, though there were some, maybe like, there were some some ranked teams that maybe didn't turn it on until the end of the game. Um, But some of these teams are going up against somewhat, like, some of them were rivalry games. And sometimes you got to throw almost everything away when you go up against rivalries because you've played them so much. You've played the coaching staff. I mean, there's just so much information that sometimes the actual ranked team may not even throw everything they have out towards the rival because they just they never want to give up too much information. Now, that being said, the thing that I was looking at is a ranked opponent early on that wasn't going up against a rival. I don't know if you you feel what Alabama. I'm going. Alabama. Now, these these small Florida schools have been gaining traction year after year. I mean, it's it's not like we haven't heard of these small Florida schools um the UCF, the SUF, uh, I mean, all these small Florida schools are slowly building their programs up. But when you get to a point where you've built your program up and now you got Alabama, and, I mean, the game in my opinion, was too close for Alabama. Now, is it the recruiting of all these other schools are starting to get more NFL-ready players? The recruiting's getting diluted? Or is Nick Saban just losing his touch, you think? So me and my buddy who's an Alabama fan, we were talking about this yesterday on our way over to Hilton Head. Yeah. And I was I was hoping we got to talk about this, me and you. I think it's the talent's being spread out more now because of the NIL and the transfer portal. And I absolutely think that 
you can go to other schools and still be recruited to the NFL now as opposed to just being ha- having to be at a powerhouse, whether it's, you know, SEC at Alabama or, you know, for years they said you want to be at Ohio State or Penn State if you're in the Big Ten, stuff like that. Now it seems like as long as you're shining, yeah, you know, you know, as long as you got the skill set, you know, you can bring it every week, you know, and then also it's it's just there's more there's more talent everywhere right now with the NIL on top of the transfer portal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I it's mean, good for it, football. It's it, good for football. This is what we want. Yeah. No, I I agree you with want, you. You want your talent all all over the place. You know, look, Texas is back. You know what I mean? It, I know they struggled with Wyoming in the first three quarters, but they ended up shelling them in the fourth. You know, but it just nobody knows at this point. I think where the the top five teams will be in, like I said, week eight, nine, or ten, which is kind of nice, isn't it? There's talent in the Pac-12. There's talent in the Big Ten. There's talent in the SEC. There's talent in the ACC, even without Clemson. Yeah, I mean, it makes it really, I mean, it makes it extremely exciting uh, when you're watching these games. And, I mean, like, Florida, everybody's counting Florida out. And then they take on a Tennessee team that doesn't look like they've changed anything from last year's play calling except the players the wide receivers and the quarterback they're not coaching a team right there that's in Tennessee right now they're te- they're still coaching last year's team expecting these guys who aren't developed as well as Hooker and the wide receivers that but they're calling the same plays, and they got no wide receivers that can get deep because they're all so young, and they're just learning the college game. It's uh, they it it tells you a lot when you really look at the game, and you're like, wow, these coaches can only coach one style. Um, they don't evolve, which you need to be able to evolve so much in college football because you never know who you're going to have and now that you got the NIL the transfer portal you got prime time in Colorado oh my god guys what a game. guys don't want to go just play for Nick Saban they they see that there are multiple opportunities for them to get to the league and and maybe, you know, maybe that money in Alabama is getting a little spread thin. And, I mean, Colorado is making money hand over fist right now. And NIL deals are just crazy. Um, I mean, and then look at this, too, which is what I, I always talk about. Like, I'm glad you brought up Florida. Florida is a dangerous two-on-one team right now because look how hard their schedule was out the gate. Yeah. U- Utah's tough. They've been tough for a few years now. Mm-hmm. They got a good head coach, and they're getting recruits now and people out of the transfer portal as well. And, you know, so they had to start off with Utah, and then I don't know who they played second, but I know they played Tennessee third, and that's two 
top 15 teams in three weeks. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, and that's what we were talking about that earlier about like that, uh, the, what was it? The LSU Florida state game where they just started the season off like, bam, big guns going against big guns. And I mean, it's not something you're super used to seeing in college football. Um, no. And I'm glad you brought up that game, too, because I've been talking about how good LSU's quarterback can be. He had a really good game last week. But, you know, FSU's got talent now. But yeah. look at how close their game was with Boston College because they have that quarterback that transferred in. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm still, like, I'm trying to trying to find it. But I don't know. First, first look. They haven't played anybody, but Ohio State still is eye-catching to me from all the wide receivers they have. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see this game, Ohio State versus Notre Dame. It'll give us a chance to see who these teams really are. Um, so I'm Notre Notre Dame's another good one. They're they're kind of flying under the radar right now. Yeah. Everybody's so used to them just fizzling out after week five, six, or seven. But if they beat Ohio State, I mean, then next thing you know, they go on a run, they're right back in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. I mean, and I mean, everybody's all about. Know, know what shocked me? What? Let me. I got to spin down on this list and see who. Yeah. Well, um, while you're looking, the other thing that shocked me too was Missouri is a sleeper team of mine, and they already were because of how well they played us last year. They were one of yeah. the hardest games last year. Did you see that kicker hit that 61-yard game-winning field goal? I didn't. I, I'm about to right now. Yeah, 61-yard field goal to end the game against uh, number 15 Kansas State. Okay, I gotta. They, they're trying to sell me something right now. Obviously, I'm guessing it's a candy bar. <laughs> All right, let's see it. Let's see it. Twenty-seven, twenty-seven, playing number fifteen. Oh, right down the middle. Right down the middle, absolute boot. That's <laughs> huge. So what? Where's that put? Uh, where's that put Kansas State now? Do you know? Um, Does that knock them if out? I, if I had my iPad, I would look. If if it's me, I I rank Missouri now. I think Missouri goes to being ranked, and then you either put Kansas State out or somewhere around like twenty two to twenty five. Mm, okay. In my opinion. Yeah. Wasn't the was the game in Missouri? I'm not sure. I, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. That's I think I'm picturing that uh, stadium. That is a. I don't know why it is because you know we just added Missouri a few years back to the SEC. But, yeah. But pe- people talk about it. That is a hard place to play. They got good fans there. Yeah. And um. 
Yeah, the the game that I was I was trying to find was the uh the Tennessee Florida game because Florida wins, Tennessee drops so far down in the rankings, but I mean, and they they rank them so close, it just doesn't make sense to me that they would rank Florida 25 and Tennessee would get uh, like 23 ranking. Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense with them being so close, and if if the people making the rankings actually saw what I saw out there, that this is not gonna. I don't see this changing, um, but I mean it sets up a good, a good match for Week Four when we're talking about Colorado. Colorado going to Oregon. Oregon's been a a team that's been in the making for so long. We've seen numerous NFL players come through there. Colorado. Everybody, there there are two people. Everybody's watching Colorado right now. Either you're watching them because it's an exciting atmosphere and up to this point, they have been an exciting team to win. I mean, Shadur Sanders, Deion's son, says about this past weekend, I have to go into Brady mode. All the while, while people who know know that he's being uh, mentored by Tom Brady as well, and then he makes a what ninety-eight yard drive. Um, so, so the excitement's there. I mean, you up until uh, an iffy hit, Travis Hunter is being talked about as Heisman potential. Um, playing both sides of the field. That was a dirty hit. Yes. Not an iffy hit. That was a dirty hit. It it was a dirty hit. I mean, they were already mad at each other earlier in the game at midfield, so you know what that was. Yeah. I mean, he came. That was a dirty. He came and and clobbered Hunter from the side. The ball. ball. The ball was like two to three feet in front of him. In the sideline. Yeah. Even if he He's caught the ball, he would have he like would have taken a step out. If he caught the ball, it would have been it would have been a a def, It would have had to have been an ejection because if Hunter caught that ball, he would have taken a step out. And yeah. by the time he got clobbered, um, so now even though Colorado has been wowing the world, has been showing. I mean, they took over. I'm a fan. I, oh, I am a huge fan. Like, And I'm saying, the people like us who want to see all this, who want to see the the excitement, what Dion is doing there and how he's motivating and helping coach uh, these young men, um... So now they're down. I mean, possibly like their number two receiver and their best cornerback. But um, and speaking of defenses, that pick that Dion's 
other son who plays defense had is it's huge it's huge. huge yeah um so so we got this but then there's that other uh handful of people who are just waiting they they've been talking about it oh they're waiting for Colorado to fall flat on their face so they can say I told you so the thing is this was a one win program last year and they've came through dominating for three weeks their quarterback has over a thousand yards like I mean the yardage is just spilling out of this team yeah their offense and defensive line are are averagely smaller than a lot of the power other power five teams it's it's year one like no no matter what happens this team has won this season um, Dion's sunglasses made like over 12 million over this weekend because of all the talk about how and the thing is, like, yeah, Dion, he's a persona, like, hat, sunglasses. For interviews, yeah. But if you really pay attention to Dion, when he's, most of the time he's addressing his team in the locker room and he's talking or haven't given them a speech or something, most of the time his hat and sunglasses are off then. So it's like, come on, man. Like, he is prime time he has been prime time my entire life he i mean in in my eyes he invented wearing sunglasses at night i know there's a song that's out before him but the thing is dion has always caught way too much hate for being a little more flamboyant or being a little more like showboaty than people. Yeah. Overexpressive. And yeah. 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 Call it. But he's just being him. You know he's I mean? being him. And he's him. He, he, he's the original him. Dion is the original him. I mean, he, there's nothing you can say about it. You can say all you want but in every stage of his career of his life he has been him he takes over he's been there he's done that and now he's coming back and doing it again so that's give him a couple years coaching at one program and he will have all those big guys but I'm still not counting Colorado out this weekend. Um, their defense is fast. They hit hard. They're going to be disciplined this weekend. Um, it's an easy game for Oregon being 21-point favorites to get a little to get a little feeling themselves this weekend, this whole week, being like, oh, we're going 
We're going to take them down. We're good. We're good. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be another huge, hugely watched game. Can, can you imagine any other team in the country that won one game last year that has now, it's week four, and this is their fourth broadcasted, like nationally broadcasted. I mean, they get their first two games, I believe, are on Fox. Third game's on ESPN. Now they're going over to ABC, I believe. I mean, Colorado is... They they hired Deion Sanders not having anywhere close to the amount of money that they offered him in his contract. They've almost... They've... I don't want to say they've doubled it yet, but I bet you in two weeks they would have made enough money to pay Dion. And granted, all that money that they're making right now, coming from boosters, coming from ticket sales and stuff, it's not all going to go straight to the to the football program. It it gets split throughout uh, all the sports, and but the thing is. This is in nowhere, it's nowhere near done. Okay, so Colorado, people think they'll probably lose against Oregon. They'll probably lose against USC. Then they go on another run. I mean, if, if Colorado loses four games this season... I believe it's it's hard for me to even put the over under at four, but it's hard to be, for me to believe that Colorado doesn't get a bowl game this year. That's that's what I was just about to say. No matter how many games they lose, I, a yeah. team that won one game last year, they already have an over fifty percent chance to make a bowl, and they haven't even played half their schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I am I would put it down right now that I believe Colorado's in a bowl. I mean, it doesn't make yeah. s- if they lost every game from here on out, it doesn't really make sense not to put them in a bowl. I doubt that would ever happen. It's they're a lot better of a team than that, but just the draw I'm looking down here. They got six games all season that aren't that are to be determined as time and whatnot. Six games that aren't already scheduled for national broadcast. I bet I bet you most of those six games will be nationally broadcast because one of those six is already USC Colorado and I don't see that not getting broadcast especially if this game's close you know the scary part is huh these guys are still learning 
how to how to be like like it's their first year. Like you know what I'm saying? It's it's their third game. They've only played three games together. And Sanders is out there looking like an absolute monster, man. Like his his talent and his skill set. I got to see him run a little bit this week. Yeah. You know, mate. I got to see him roll out. Man, throws the football so well. His rolling out and his scrambling is like. The now I didn't watch this uh this past weekend I because ten o'clock I mean it's late for me um but they drew more usually the ten o'clock games forgotten about but they drew more viewers than the classic Tennessee Florida battle (laughs) like that is that's like huge numbers. Put in the seven o'clock spot to get maximum viewers, but everybody watched the Colorado game. I mean, everybody, stars, athletes. I mean, they were they were in the stadium. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it is amazing, and the let me see if I can pull it up real quick because I know the first game that Colorado played against TCU like barely any penalties so I'm trying to see if I can find uh, penalties oh penalties against Colorado yeah just they're very disciplined yeah very disciplined and like you were saying three games this like this is going to be something special um Dion's already said he doesn't want to go to the NFL it'd be hard for me to see him not go to the I mean and this is like dreamland but like it'd be hard for me to not see him go to the NFL if Shador got picked up by the Cowboys and Jerry Jones offered him a huge amount of money but I mean, because he's been coaching his son or all his sons for so long. But or the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, but then again, he doesn't have to like. With NIL, there's no salary cap in college football. Like he can recruit, and he is the type of person. Like I always thought that, like Rex Ryan or um, Ray Lewis would be like perfect college coaches because the way they talk and the way they get you amped up. And like, I, th- I always think that recruiting so huge in college campuses um, on college teams, but I never thought of Dion because I always thought he was doing his own thing, like being huge everywhere else. Like, I feel like, I guess I always imagined he'd be more of an actor or something when I was younger, but like having Dion come to your house and and recruit you has got to feel great. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. So I mean I'm I'm all on this this ride for Colorado. I'm excited to see how it goes. Uh tough games and everybody's gonna be going after them with bullseyes on their back but oh 
100%. And, I mean, look, if they lose this game against Oregon, I, I wouldn't be surprised, just like I wouldn't be surprised if they won it. But Oregon is a good program. Yeah. And, and, and you know, their coach has now got settled in, who used to be our defensive coordinator. The guy, the guy knows football, too. Yeah. So this is going to be a heck of a good matchup this, this week. Oh, it's um, going to be a real good. see it. You got Bo Nix, who's been killing it as a quarterback for the last decade in college. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. Yeah, you know, I got to get my jabs in. Uh, It's funny, I was was saying I was was razzing somebody up about uh, Bo Nix being so old and they're getting so mad. And I start doing some digging into it and Bo Nix isn't even the oldest longest playing college football player there's a guy who used to be a tight end for Oregon (laughs) and now he's playing in Miami he's broken his knee or busted his Achilles like his legs just aren't made for football and he's gone down like three years in um, a row and he actually got um, what, what he got the waiver or whatever they do, uh, yeah. by the NCAA that he's actually eligible to technically play nine seasons in college because he's lost so much time. And the thing is, yeah. he's it's all happened, I, I believe, like first or second game of the season. So he's played like five years or something like that, maybe six years. And he's probably only been in four games. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are things like that. But, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, we, we saw what happened with Stetson. You know, like now, now he's, he's backing up Stafford and he's on the Rams and whatnot. I mean, you know, the way Bo Nix, if he has a good year, you know, knock on wood for him, even if they don't win every game, I, I feel like some scouts may look at him in this coming draft. You know, if he, if he I think he has to go after this year if he wants Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. He has to go. And I believe he's going to be somewhere. Like, I don't think I, he's I not going to. If a team's smart, I think he goes somewhere that's going to sit him behind somebody for a yeah. year or two. Now, when we talk about Sanders, I think a team would be willing to just take him and just start him and be like, he's he's still young, he's still learning, and he's going to catch on fast. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, uh, Anthony Richardson. Exactly. Oh, man. We'll talk about those guys right after station this it. station break. And I want to remind you, you're listening to The Bring It In Show on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Sentient Bean. Sentient Bean has been serving fair trade coffee, thoughtfully sourced food, and other items to the community since 2001. They offer curbside pickup, delivery, and online ordering as well. They are open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily and are located at 13 East Park Avenue on the south side of Forsyth Park. More information can be found at sentientbean.com. There are two U's in WRUU though there should be more. 
Because this is your radio station, run by volunteers from your community, with original music and talk shows presented by your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. The voices you hear on WRUU live and work in Savannah and the Lowcountry, and they help connect you with the other yous in our community. Well, there's a lot of yous involved. And while there's no way to add all these yous to the WRUU call sign, there is a need to ensure that all of us can keep your community radio going. So please help by donating whatever you can. Go to WRUU.org today and show how many U's there really are in WRUU. Senior Citizens Incorporated is looking for volunteer Meals on Wheels drivers. A few hours each week will connect some of our area's most vulnerable residents with nutritious food and a regular knock on the door. For more information, contact Laura at 912-964-5411. From flappers to feathers, sequins to leathers, shabby to chic and everything unique, WRUU has the look in its Southern Speakeasy Fashion Show, Saturday, September 30th from 7 to 10 p.m. Discover the Low Country's most creative designers and boutiques and support the most unique radio station, the WRUU Southern Speakeasy Fashion Show at King Oliver's Creole Jazz Bar, 514 MLK Boulevard, Saturday, September 30th from 7 to 10 p.m. Tickets available at eventbrite.com. Words count. Writing matters. Poems, essays, and novels, in the long run, make a difference. And on Fridays, just past 12 o'clock, Lee Rich, that's me, and my co-hosts P.T. Bridgeport and Dr. Carol Andrews gather here at WRUU to chat about literature, interview authors, analyze storytelling, and sometimes engage in a reading or two. A good book is an event in one's life, and we invite you to listen to literature with us. Welcome back to the Bring It In Show, Kels. I'm trying to contain my excitement. It's been since 2016. Since. The Orioles have made the playoffs. Let's go. Everybody who lives around the stadium or studio probably just heard me. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some uh, banging on the floor. But, man. Oh, let's go, hon. Yeah, you know about that. You know about that. Man, and they are, things are clicking perfect. They just had that four-game series against um, Tampa Bay where Tampa Bay was trying to inch their way. They won the first two, trying to inch their way into first place of the division. Orioles take on the last two. I mean, two nights ago, Grayson Rodriguez, the youngster, he, I mean, absolutely, he's, he started off shaky this year. They sent him back down to the minors. Brought him back in, and every start, it seems like he is finding himself a little better, which is perfect going in. We got about 13 games left. The American League East is so close up at the top that it's going to take about 11 games most likely to figure out who's going to win this division. 
Orioles have the lead, have the edge. No more games against Tampa Bay, so it was huge that they won those last two. And it was technically in about the seventh inning, I believe, yesterday when the Orioles clinched. But because of other teams' games, the Rays clinched at the exact same time. (laughs) But but we're playing in Camden Yards, so it's not like the there were a bunch of flashing things saying Tampa Bay clinched. We left all that out. But man, it's super exciting. Um, I'm pumped. The team is so young. This week they brought Adam Jones back, uh, classic center fielder. He was on the team last time the Orioles made the playoffs. Came back, signed a one-year deal so he could put the Orioles jersey on one last time and make sure that that's the last jersey he ever wears. So he'll he'll be getting up there in the Hall of Fame for the Orioles and things like that. But I'm just super Super pumped. I mean, this is the best Orioles team I've ever gotten to watch through the season. Like, even even the last couple times they made the playoffs. This is, this is the best Orioles team I've ever seen. And it makes me so excited because everybody on this team is young. There's no huge star that needs to be paid. I mean... There will be guys that need to be paid. Don't get me wrong. But at the moment, everybody's young. And everybody's excited. So, I mean, the Braves are scary. Tampa Bay's good. Houston's good. I mean, there are a lot. Dodgers. So, it's not going to be easy, but... At the same time, the Orioles have been playing these guys. They've lost. They've won against all these teams that they'll have to go against. They were the first team in this uh, season, with this being the first season that every team played every other team. They were the first team to beat every team at least once. Um, So, yeah, it's uh, so exciting right now in the world of baseball and we're just inching up like i said uh, about 13 games left i think so i'm i'm excited about that but now that i talked about the orioles so much i'll i'll jump over to why you're all here because you know we got all the best info from the nfl Kells, we did a uh, top five, bottom five of the NFL last week, and a lot of them seem like like they're legit. Um, I'm really, I'm really focused tonight on being a division game: the Browns versus the Steelers. And when I say being a division game, you know, a division game in the division that the Ravens are in. Yeah, this is a huge rivalry. It's every single team in this 
division feels like. It's a huge rivalry, but this is the classic rivalry. Border bo- border bash. Yep. And these teams, it, from what I see, these, I expected these teams to go into this game opposite. Opposite how I say, I expected the Steelers to have the edge. I expected the Steelers to have the win. And I expected the Browns to have the loss. Both teams good, are they? The Browns looked really good last week. The Steelers, not so much. What are you expecting to see through this? Uh, you know, I had the, uh, the Steelers in the bottom. Uh, show me. Show me something. They yeah. put you in the middle of the pack. Because as of right now, I'm looking at mine, and I don't see why I would be changing anything. You know what I mean? Broncos, Panthers, Steelers, Giants, Cardinals. You know, Giants got a win, but weren't they playing the Cardinals? Yeah, and the Cardinals, I mean, I mean, the Cardinals belong down there still because, yeah, they 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 barely lost to the Giants. But at one point, you look at the score, and I believe it may have already been 28-0, to zero, and they allowed the Giants to come back in. The Giants. Same thing Broncos with the Commanders. Yeah, that game. That game was... The end of that game, that Broncos-Commanders game, was like, are both teams trying to just let the other team win? Until that last drive. Like, where'd that come from? That game made no sense, man. Where did that come from? You could have done this three drives ago and had... Plenty of time on the clock to be able to win. It made no sense to me. None whatsoever. But, yeah, man, I, I see the Browns beating the Steelers tonight. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to end up another close game just because it's the division rivalry. But I, I think I see the Browns beating the Steelers as well. Um, the Chargers, I I think I put the Chargers up in the top last week because they played... Good against the, line, uh, the Dolphins. Yeah, and then they, they lost at the end. But after this Titans game... Because I'm still trying to figure out if the Titans, like, they should be good. But I'm still skeptical about them. But the Chargers losing by three points to the Titans. I mean, that's why you have a kicker. Not why you have one of the highest paid quarterbacks. So, I mean, after seeing this, I, I think the Chargers are still who I thought they were last year. Yeah, they just got to get one W, and I think they start to put it together. I I do move them out of my top, and I will I will actually – I'll keep everybody that's in my top. Like, even though the Lions lost, we know how good the Seahawks can be. Yeah. And it was a very competitive game. I felt like the, the Lions didn't play great either, and they still had a chance there. Um, 
So I keep the Lions there. I pull the Chargers out, and you know I'm gonna say you guys are running your division. I'll put I'll put your Ravens up there in the fifth spot. Okay. Put the Chiefs in the fourth spot because I think they have played absolutely atrocious, and they're only gonna get better. Yeah. And I'll I'll put your Ravens at at five. I mean, you go flip any of the three to fives with Lions, Chiefs, Ravens, but the Dolphins and the Cowboys are scary right now because the Dolphins played like hot garbage at points in that game, and they still won by running the ball a lot. Yeah, that's, that was, that's why I was going to say Dolphins are my number one team going up against a, a team that's coached. Like, the Patriots may not be that good, but the coaching – is what sets them apart. It's been one of the things that's always set them apart. But when the Patriots take away your strongest asset of a team, and then you just, like, oh, you didn't realize we do have a running back, and he's going to eat better than any running back this week because you want to take our passing away? Like, that... That makes me be like, the Dolphins are legit. Um, oh, they absolutely are, and their their defense is 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 very stingy. Yeah. The defense, the defense, they need to get some things fixed, but they they fixed it one week to the second. So I think they're just going to progressively get better. And I also saw a stat on ESPN last night that they have four guys that can run sub four 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 three forties in pads. So, four guys. Uh, Mostert's one. Obviously, the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Everybody knows that. But then they got some track star guy that they've been putting in the slot and throwing it running back and stuff. Um, Watch out for him. He, he's going to be good, they say. So, and that guy apparently has the, uh, the fastest 100 track stat out of all four of them. Is that... Is that Archan? Yeah, something with an A. I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I have yeah. ESPN fact checker sitting. I don't even have my iPad on me. But well, I did see ESPN said that they have four guys. And I was like, well, who's the fourth? It's that, it's that new guy. He was some track star. Okay, because they have... It starts with an A, I think. Yeah, they have two guys that their last name starts with. Archan, it looks like, or Ahmed. Ahmed, I, I want to say it might be Ahmed, but I know I think one's a defensive guy and one's an offensive guy. Whichever guy's the offensive guy. Okay. It's it's all on offense that they have these four guys. But when I found that out, I was just like, this this team right here, man. They they haven't even played their best brand of football yet. They're they could be scary, just like the Cowboys, man. The Cowboys, they they. They're doing what they want right now. Yeah. I mean, for the Dolphins, every every guy who, except Mostert, every guy who rushes the ball also has, like, at least three catches, it seems like. They, they're just, they just interchange everybody. Everybody. Even Mostert's got one catch. Like, so, yeah. it's, I mean... McDaniel, he's he's that guy. Yeah, the head coach with the mix of what we were just talking about, if and if Tua stays healthy, I mean, I think we see 
how great this team can possibly get each week, week in and week out. Yeah. Yeah. So they're de- they're definitely my number one spot right now. I'm drinking the Dolphins Kool Aid. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Cowboys got to show me that they're not just gonna punch everybody in the mouth and then just coast to the win. For me, not to say they're in the top five. Yeah, because that game was weird. Like I felt like I know the Jets are good, but. Without Aaron Rodgers there, I felt like the Cowboys should have been able to keep throttling them, and it's like they coasted, like you said. Well, I mean, as they as they should, because you know how hard of a game it is. You don't want to get any of your guys hurt. You already don't have Brandon Cooks out there. Yeah. You know, but I, yeah, I really like what the Cowboys are doing with Pollard, their receivers, and their their little two tight end, three tight end set packages. So. Rotating them in and out, I, I, and then their defense is definitely the best in the league right now. Yeah, we got to get to their toughest part of their schedule, obviously. But for now, they got to stay up there for me. And uh, my my bottom's not changing until these these teams show me. Obviously, I I guess because both my my Broncos teams were competitive, the games were competitive. I, I might could take them out and throw somebody else in there. But bottom five, bottom ten, does it really matter? Yeah. Making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they may not be bottom five because, you like you said, the competitiveness. Um, I'm I'm thinking my my bottom – yeah, I would would still think that they're in the middle of the pack. Yeah, because the Texans could easily be down there, I think, for both of us. I – I think we want to see this team more. Yeah. But with no usage coming out of Damian Pierce in two weeks, like how much they used him last year, I'm, I'm, I have no faith in that O-line right now. Yeah, that's, that's hard. It's, off, it's awful, bro. From yeah. a fantasy standpoint and from just like, how, how, how is Damian Pierce not getting 50 yards rushing in two games? Yeah. So I you could easily put them down there. Yeah, and it's rough. It's rough at this moment when you first when you're looking at these zero two teams. I mean, like you got a basket full of teams right now that you don't believe are zero two. They're got to. I mean, you gotta. You can't say the bottom one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams the bottom eight teams that are all and two we got teams like the Bengals, uh the vikings the chargers patriots patriots are in they, there they held their own to even stay in that game. denver denver now both games now chicago arizona and the texans i expect them to still be down towards the bottom five at the end of the year. I'm glad you said Chicago. They are underperformed for two years in a row now. It's that, it's it it just doesn't look like they're going to be able to put things together very well. No. So, uh, and my other bottom team that like is not in the bottom, it's middle of the pack right now. 
But if the Jets don't get it figured out at quarterback, in four weeks they will be towards this bottom ten because he, he can't go out there throwing three picks like he was last year all over again, Zach Wilson's story. No, no, no. They got the Patriots coming up next, which, I mean, it's going to be a, a good coached game. So You'll get a free agent. I mean, sign Kaepernick, like anything. Like, Jesus, like this ain't the answer. Like, your defense is too good to be letting that guy go out there and tire him out every game. Yeah, it really is. I'm trying to see. I wonder who who kind of free agent quarterbacks are out there, but we're rolling up until about a minute left. Um, this is the only one that I will save, and you can have the last minute. Matt Ryan would be a good plug-in if you wanted to play one more year. Yeah. Just because he'll he'll do everything he can to at least get you a three and out and not throw the ball to a defender. Yeah. Man, this the thing that just popped up for me was so long ago. Oh, now it's going to tell me who's going to be a free agent after this year. No, I want to know who's available at the Carson moment. Carson Wentz. Wentz would be not a bad plug-in. Got experience. Okay. Is Minshew still out there somewhere? Uh, I believe he's backing up in uh, Indy. The Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. Well, much as Rich Richardson runs, they probably don't want to get rid of him. Yeah. Well, they're gonna need him this week. Yeah, he's gonna be out, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Concussion protocol. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you before you see us. Thank you for listening. Remember, we're here every Monday, 11 a.m. to 12 o'clock noon. And always stay tuned to 107.5. You're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM.